Welcome to the Psycho Vertical podcast. I'm your host, Andy Kirkpatrick, and uh, out and about today, uh, you'll have to apologise for any wind on the microphone. Uh, <laughs> I tried to have uh, it going back to the house to sort it out. So, um, uh, where, are, where are we? We're in uh, uh, just walking into town to do some writing type stuff and I'm walking down the road where I live and I can see the Burren uh, which is like a big um, big limestone kind of is it a mountain it's like a big like a uh, thing that sticks out into the hill it's kind of it's kind of famous in Ireland there's lots of hard like rock climbs over there next to the sea and it's where J.R. Tolkien, apparently, uh, he got some of inspiration for Lord of the Rings. Because um, like caves and stuff over there, and I think the idea of like a, a hobbit. Is it a hobbit? What's the thing? What's the... Um, anyway, one of those things. He's got this kind of that kind of thing. And... Uh, thing of road. So weird in Ireland. It's so um, so it's so wet, but they don't have any bus stops. It's like a someone stood there, you know, with a, <laughs> stood there with a mask on, in like the middle of fucking nowhere. And um, uh, yeah, it's kind of there's no bus stops, so it's it's not a it's not a it's not a good place to sit around um, waiting for a bus. Anyway, so I'm walking down to down to the edge of the. I'm going to traverse along the 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 coastline to get away from the sound of the road, so you can hear me. And um, so this is like Galway Bay. I'm looking out onto Galway Bay. So on the other side of the bay is the Burren, and I'm on the sort of the Galway side, and I can see the the boat. Heading out with the tourists, probably loads of Spanish people, some Americans, off to go and look off to the Aran Islands, and it kind of goes out to the Aran Islands. It also goes out to the the Cliffs of Moher, as featured in Harry Potter. So there's lots of film references. Um, so yes, the weather is. Uh, <laughs> it's like a podcast for like blind people. My name is Andy Kirkpatrick, uh, he, him, I'm wearing a, I'm actually wearing a, a swan dry. If any Kiwis out there, you'd be like, Struth, the Kiwis don't say Struth anyway, but the, they'd be like, oh, that's interesting. No, so swan dry is a, uh, you probably know, I'm like walking through loads of, loads of uh, spiky plants. Uh, I've got some good, some good blackberries here. Um, yeah, swan dry is like a, wool, a woolly coat that's um, uh, it's kind of made out of wool, and it's like sort of two layers on the on your body. Uh, it's on the body and a bit on the arms. Um, like the inner layer is wool, but it's um, it's got some it's like uh, it's got something else mixed in with it, some man-made fibre, and. Uh, God, it's gonna, it's gonna stop being windy. It's too windy. Um, I can hear some kind of animal making a noise. I don't know, I'm not sure where it's coming from. Oop! 
I'm trying to trying to focus on my uh, microphone and not fall over. There's, there's not really a path here. It's just like loads of rocks. Let's see if I can see if I can move around. Let's see, if I've put my microphone upside down. Put it on the inside. Maybe a bit better. Right, we'll go. We'll get out of the wind in this in a minute. So. Yes, yeah, a swan dry. It's like a jacket. It's very. It's kind of long. It goes down to your, just to your knees, basically, and uh, it's got um, lanolin. It's got the lanolin in it, um, which I think you 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 put the lanolin lanolin back into the wool. I think by mixing it with paraffin or something, and then you sort of wash it in the lanolin or you soak it in the lanolin, and it makes it kind of water. Not waterproof, but you can't, I don't know what it does to it, but it basically, like here it's very, it's very wet. So you wear, you know, you're, you wear waterproofs quite a lot. So a lot of people be wearing like, you know, Gore-Tex jackets and that kind of stuff. And ideally here you'd want to wear like a, you want like quite long, long waterproofs because, you know, you, you just get, you you know, you, you just get wet. Your legs, your trousers get wet the whole time. So I tend to wear, I tend to walk around most of the time in my Crocs, which are highly fashionable, and uh, shorts even in the winter time, which again is probably a bit of a kiwi, kiwi thing. But it actually, you know, your your bare legs dry a lot faster than your than your trousers do. So it so it looks a bit weird, but it's actually much, much more practical than Crocs dry a lot quicker than a pair of trainers or a pair of shoes um, so yeah so your swan dry is like instead of wearing a waterproof jacket you wear like a just wear your swan dry and I've been out in like pretty hellacious kind of weather it's not it's not like super windproof but that is actually probably a bonus because the wind blowing through it to some degree um, actually stops it kind of dries it out a little bit stops it getting too warm stops it getting you know kind of removes some of the moisture out of it so being wool even when it's wet it's kind of feels kind of comfortable and you generally wear something underneath it that's also a wool like a wool you know wool jumper wool you know um wool shirt or whatever and like as, long as, you're not, as long as you're not doing anything super energetic, it works quite well. Like it's not good for, it isn't really practical for outdoor stuff unless you're like, you know, bushcrafty kind of things because you're it's too it's too heavy, it's too bulky if you're not wearing it. So um, it's what have you ever seen like the hunt for the for the wilder people? That's what Sam thingy wears. The, the your main man wears this one dry. I think he wears his. He has like a a jumper, a jumper underneath it. So, <laughs> little, anyway, so it's a, but this this Swan Dry, like Swan Dry, were like a classic New Zealand company, a bit like MacPack, but then they kind of um, went offshore, started making stuff in, in China. And this, this jacket is a, like a full length zip version. Cause I thought it'd be quite be easier to vent, uh, which it kind of is, but you can see that whoever, designed this uh, this version of a swan dry and I'm, I expect it's probably the same with the other versions of swan dries 
um, they didn't really understand what what it was for because it's got like cotton cotton pockets so that means that when it's piss wet through you know it just sucks up all the water in the in the pockets and uh, the neck the thing that you close around the neck is too tight and just loads of little just loads of little things where you know you cut corners to save you know probably a few pen a few pence but it, it really undermines the the jacket and like if you wear a, a hip belt if you've got like a rucksack on or if you're wearing like a, a belt for some reason you'd uh it kind of goes exactly where the pockets are so the pockets need to be a little bit higher and just little like if i made if i made, if I made something like, like this myself you probably could you you know you'd, you'd make it very different there's a company there's a company in the uk i think they're called like bison bison bushcraft or something and they make um some really good sort of quality sort of versions of you know this that kind of that kind of idea and it's they're very they're very popular with farmers and people people sort of working in the outdoors because they're 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 very tough like they don't get they're not affected by being cut or you know spiky plants or that kind of thing and they're just generally a lot more comfortable than wearing waterproof which is always kind of a bit grim i guess in in ireland in the uk the classic thing is probably like a barber jacket and uh which like but like a barber jacket's not what not is waterproof but it's not breathable but it has a generally has like a lining that's absorbing absorbing all the sweat so you do you know you wear a barber jacket woolly jumper that's probably do you do you so anyway so yeah so the there's a bit of good weather out in the out in the south behind the burren but it's uh, i'm not sure it's going to come this direction so it's spitting a little bit uh, so I've walked, not walked very far. This sounds like a, like a Radio 4 kind of thing, isn't it? It's like, oh, I want to talk about the lack of diversity of pebbles on this beach. There's far too many white pebbles on this beach. Anyway, so yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I've come to, on this, I've come to the section of this walk, which is next to some really ugly concrete sort of building which has got like things for looks like things for machine guns sticking out of it and i'm guessing i'm guessing the either the english either the either the british built this during the first world war because they were afraid that the germans might come into galway bay and invade or maybe it was built by maybe it was built by the irish in the second world war to make sure the British didn't come round. <laughs> don't know what they're gonna. Don't know what they really do, really. Um, yeah, it's kind of kind of ugly. It's kind of thing you'd have on grand designs, where people would turn it into like a turn like an ugly, ugly industrial building into like an an ugly, ugly industrial house instead. So, so yeah. So I, I did actually did this podcast yesterday. It was very very good, but then I realised that it wasn't recording. So I'm using some other software on my computer so since as as i'm walking into town instead of just not bothering uh to do any more podcasts i've not done a podcast for quite a long time i do apologize um i thought i'd kill two birds 
with one stone well I don't believe in killing birds with stones so um so yeah so what so what's been what's been going on I've been kind of carefully my crocs my crocs are kind of not ideal for walking walking on this terrain uh, I used to work at um, an outdoor shop I remember Richie Patterson who was the assistant manager he once was selling someone some Teva sandals and he said, <laughs> he said oh, they were good for water work and uh, that kind of haunted him for the rest of his life in that work in that shop so yeah it's a bit like the word platform isn't it like it's like people use the word platform like these like crocs are not a good platform for for beach work on these stones I'm going to break my leg down here. Um, speaking of brambles, speaking of uh, blackberries, actually, I actually made blackberry jam recently. Blackberry jam is also the code word for blowjob. Um, so I kind of often you have to get, you need to sort of work some kind of, you know, just fancy some, you know, some blackberry jam, you know, that kind of stuff. What's that joke? There's the, uh, the this man's wife's in a coma and the doctor comes and says to the husband says um there's what well, there's only one thing left to try and that's oral you know oral sex and the guy's like really he said yeah like it has been known to work occasionally so the guy's like husband's like well i'll give it a go so he goes into the room he comes back out 10 minutes later he said it's not working just choking so um yeah, so I made some blackberry jam, uh, which I don't know if you've made black jam before, but it's basically four cups of blackberries and seven cups of sugar. <laughs> so, so my so Noah, my son, is like absolutely loves this blackberry jam. So, I think it's just it's not to do with the blackberries. I think it's just to do with all the all the sugar. But it's kind of it's kind of good, like going walking along, getting all your, you know blackberries and stuff kind of there's a lot of blackberries around here because there's lots of there's lots of blackberry bushes so um where was i so yes i've not done the not done a podcast for for a while i probably look like something out of a i probably like some sort of priest walking along down here you know covering my microphone up very, very, don't get so many priests these days. I think the average age of a priest in Ireland is something like 74 or something, or 64. It's bloody old. So it's, it's uh, yeah. I, don't, I think it'd be, I think it's kind of, was it someone said that you, that we all have like a God-shaped hole in our lives, like a lot of people, all the atheist people. But I've also like recently heard two you know people I'd really really respect and would not imagine to be religious actually actually saying they are religious but in a kind of a way like they don't necessarily believe in God and creation or whatever but they kind of believe in in the in the the idea of like codifying you know good advice you know so yeah it's like the old thing it's like the only old thing like you might as well believe in God and heaven, you know, like if and, and live that live that way. And if you die, you know what happens. It doesn't matter if you're wrong, you know. But if you but if you're right, you know, it's probably worth it. Um, but I think it's prob. I think a, a better way to look at it is having 
you know, is living to these these sets of, uh, you know, these ideas that are codified. I think Brett, Brett Weinstein was saying, like, um, what's, the, what's the name for the God, the Jewish? Um, anyway, whatever the name is. Um, you know, it doesn't like you having a shit in your camp. You know, it's not good. So if you're like, oh, God tells you not to have a shit, you know, in your camp, you know, it's a quite a good thing to follow. Same as, same as like, not drinking, not coveting asses and all that kind of stuff. So, I'm just reading. For some reason, someone someone recommended, I, re, I read some like Charles Bukowski, because uh, I think he maybe thought I had a similar, similar outlook like I'm not sure why I think maybe it's because I tend to when I'm when I write anything I generally just write it and I don't worry too much about spelling or you know um, my eyesight's not as not as not that good it's getting my eyes has got quite bad recently so I've actually like half and write things but I can't really see what I'm writing which kind of compounds my lack of spelling ability so often when I when I read it back, it doesn't make any sense because of the words are all wrong. But anyway, but it's that the idea of um, just write, just write, just write it. Don't just don't overthink it. Don't like um, you know. Don't worry too much about what other people think. Like you kind of do. Often you're doing it for yourself in order to kind of exercise yourself, exercise something out of yourself, something you wanna you wanna say. Um, um, anyway, so apparently Bukowski was a little bit like that. So, so I got his, I got a book of poems, which actually I'm not that into poetry, but it was, it was actually good because they weren't really they weren't really poems really, and uh, that's the best kind of poem. And um, then I read I started reading Post Office, which I remember when I was living living in my squat days. That was a book like those people read, but because because the kind of people who read them, you know, I just thought it was going to be like. Uh, you know, some kind of, I don't know, like listening to Velvet Underground. It was actually not that bad. It was actually good. Anyway, so I eventually got around to reading it, so I do apologise to anybody who told me to read it. And it's, it's very good, but it's, um, it's definitely not a modern novel for the modern generation. There's like a lot of stuff in there that's kind of, I wouldn't say it's borderline raping someone, but it probably is. But, um, you know, you can't really tell what's, what's true because he was basically an alcoholic you can't, can't really can't tell what's really true and what's not true but it's very it's very uh it's an interesting book anyway it's just like it's just like maybe it's semi-fictionalized i don't know but it's just this guy works in the post works in the post office post service like delivering mail and stuff so anyway in interesting book to read although i do i do find recently i was reading i was reading the james elroy one of his books recently and I, I don't know what, maybe it's because I'm tired, but you, they tend to kind of bleed into your dreams. So you, or like you semi, when you're semi-asleep, you know, you've kind of got all this, the language of the, the story, like in your, in your head, which is, you know, it depends what kind of book you're reading, I guess. So, so yeah, it's, um, anyway, so, um, so what's been going on in my life? Uh, on. My mum died. That was uh, that wasn't that wasn't good. Um, uh, it's funny, like when you're, I think you're always kind of expecting, you know, you, you you're in this like period of your life where everything's like great, but you kind of 
you know that those days are kind of numbered because your your parents are going to die your you know people are going to start it's a bit like you know you you go for a period of your life where everyone's getting into relationships there's a period where people are getting married then they're having babies then they're getting divorced <laughs> and um you know but you know you got this period in your life where you know people who mean something in your life like your you know your friends but also your, your family are going to start getting ill and uh dying and stuff and all the kind of negative you know all the, all the kind of the the payback for all the good stuff i guess is going to start happening so i guess i've been i've been you know waiting like my mum was like 74 uh, but she was she was like you know pretty healthy she was she like was like the you know sort of part-time like co-parenting really with my sister who's got like two kids and like super busy super busy person and uh so yeah she just died just like sat down sat down on the settee and died so they they had to have an autopsy and she she died of a of a blood clot so i went to went to her heart so why that happened why she got a blood clot i i wouldn't like to say but um so yeah so which in a way like when when it, so when it when i got when i got told you know it's like one of those you, you think like like i always thought my dad when my dad died he would just do it you know if you found out he was he was dying he would he wouldn't want to be like a a bird and anybody or cause a fuss so he'd just go and top himself you know probably swim out into the irish sea or something um so but yeah but you always you always i always thought my mum would you know she would die like most people do you know it'd be like a long drawn out kind of thing because uh but the thing that was weird like you kind of you have to kind of rationalize these things so her mum died of alzheimer's well, she got Alzheimer's and then eventually died of something, you know, probably relating to it. And, uh, you know, that was like a very long, horrible thing. Um, and I think my mum was always really afraid that she would get Alzheimer's, you know. So I think as you're getting older, when your brain starts not working so well, you're always, you know, like thinking, is this, it? Is this the end, the beginning of the losing my mind? So... She would have liked, uh, you know, she would have liked the idea of just uh, going without a fuss. But there's there's so many. I know there's like so much. It's, it's a bit like when people commit suicide. Like the reason it's such a fuck you is it doesn't give anyone an opportunity to say the things that they. Well, especially not if, if you commit suicide, you don't get the. The opportunity to say the stuff you, you thought that may have made a difference it's too late um and uh and i think when someone but when someone just dies like my mom you know there's there's uh you know you have all this it's all it's all guilt basically isn't it it's like suicide or whatever it's like why didn't you do this why didn't you do that that and everything else um so yeah so the I think it's is it's interesting. I've, you often notice how how little people want to interfere or get involved in things like other people. Well, I guess other people's problems. 
but I think often I think often when it's your your family like when it's blood I do think I do, I do think sometimes you need to get involved in these kind of things sometimes it makes it worse like people are just, some people are just like they're not attention seeking but they that you know they kind of get hooked on the drama you know they're uh, but anyway so this yeah so so find out your mum mum died was was uh was was uh was kind of you know sad um uh so yeah so she had she had a few had a funeral it was on like the hottest the hottest day of the of uh of the century <laughs> where it was i think it was like 42 degrees i think where, where we were so it was even hotter than they were saying it was on the on the on the on the telly so uh so it was um you know all these all these people come who you've not seen you know it's a bit like when i was like the photographer of my ex-wife wedding you know i met all these people i've not seen since since i got married to her so um yeah so all these people appear if you've not seen forever and you know like most of them look like bloody ancient you know can't believe they're still alive and stuff and a few like friends friends of mine and stuff like turned up so it was a very it was a very nice if you're gonna have a funeral it was as good as you're gonna it wasn't as good as the queen's but it was uh it was it was very nice um like afterwards we were like what you know they're like what what do you want to do with all the flowers and we're like, well, what what do you usually do? And they're like, well, we don't usually get these many flowers. So that's that's kind of nice. So, well, yeah, what the, not many funny things happened, but one funny thing was, so Vanessa and Noah were there, but Noah's like really into, he really likes blowing out candles. It's like nearly two. So in the church, it was like some big picture of a candle or something, not real candles. It was like a well, church. It was like a crematorium. So. Um, so yeah, so this uh, he starts like pointing at the candle, like ah, like really loudly, very inappropriate. So, and so Vanessa took him out, and he went like walking, went walking around the the graveyard, what we call it. Anyway, so he he like ran off and he ran through some door, and she was like following into this into the building, and she suddenly found all these all these like TV screens, so you could see what was going on. So oh, this is good, I have to sit here and watch like watch it. And then she suddenly realised that she was actually in the crematorium, like where they do all the, the burning and everything else, and uh so you know all the doors were open because it was so hot. So look anyway, so that would have been, would have been quite funny if he'd like crawled through, you know, crawled through into the into the service through the through the hatch where the body <laughs> where the, the thing goes. So my mum would have liked that. So yeah, it's funny though, your, your, your mum, you know, there's, there's people in your life where they're so, they're such like a constant, in a way, even if you don't, even if you don't really talk to them as much as you should, uh, they're kind of always in your, always in your head, you can hear them, hear them talking and stuff, so, God, I'm trying to fight my way through a load of bracken here, so weird, there's so, it's weird there's like no path, Along here, I don't know. I think Irish people just aren't really into walking and stuff. They probably just pissing the rain most of the time. Like even even on the the mountains. Like we went up to uh, went out walking 
the other day I went up to like a quite a popular um, spot up in the Connemara kind of mountain range and there's a like a pass and you can go up to the you walk up this trail up to this it's basically like it looks like an alpine hut but it's actually just a church like a little you know like a there's actually there's a big rock overhanging rock and there must have been some kind of like pagan thing in there and then it turned into like a you know christian thing and then they built like a kind of a weird little chapel-y kind of thing so um yeah we kind of walked up there and then we just and where this coll is you can sort of head up into some quite steep high mountains it's part of the what's it called it's called the not Lugalo, what's it called it's called the montax it's like a like a, a ridge of mountains mountain thing and uh there's a thing called the montek challenge which is where you start one end and you kind of work it all the way to the other end but it was a bit fucking hard i've never done, done it done it but it, there's a lot of elevation a lot of ascent and descent to do it so anyway yeah so we we head up to this player head up to this chapel have some have our pack lunch and then we'd like head up up the ridge onto one of these uh onto one of the montarks and there's just like no path whatsoever it's like so bizarre like it'd be like being in you know one of the most interesting mountains in the lakes or something or wales there's just no path you just bog you're just in the bog at the start and then you're just zigzagging around on this like hillside so it's kind of it's like really cool but it's, but it's kind of hard work as well like I got, I got like nowhere on my back, so it's good, kind of good training. And then you have to, you know, get yourself back down again and you have to sort of just work out what part of the hill, you know, you can get down. And again, there's no paths. So it's kind of a good, good day out. Good day out, good kind of, good, good adventure. It's a private property, no entry. Oh, where do I go? Um, bastards. Why is that private property? It's like it's just a big fucking field full of grass. It's not you can't even bloody do anything with it anyway. I'm gonna just climb down here. I'm so I'm so I'm very um obedient. Surprised I was such a I was so bolshy about the whole lockdown stuff, because I'm very obedient. God, this is fucking lethal. God. Problem with crocs is the bottoms are fucking lethal. But the insides are lethal as well because your feet like slide around inside them. They're definitely not ideal for this terrain. Um, if I die here, yeah, this is my last will and testament. So, so anything else been happening? Uh, so I was, in, I was, in, I was actually I was in, I was in the lakes. So that, so I went to this funeral, and then went over to, for some reason, I went to Dumfries. For like a week, which is kind of for some reason, and then I went to the lakes. I was in the lakes for a few weeks, and I'd be, I was there in the winter time, like in January or some or sometime. And we we stayed at this place that um, like Vanessa's Vanessa's grandparents they they lived in Morecambe and they they uh, found this like ramshackled old like mill building. Uh, this was this must have been in the in the 70s or whatever and you kind of renovate it end up moving there and now this old building is kind of owned by all Vanessa's family so we go over and let's go and stay there 
um, and uh, um, yeah so but it was like it was fucking freezing like it's really really cold and there's like you can hear there's like bats bats like living in the wall and there's mice and stuff so it's it's a bit like Withnil and I that kind of that kind of vibe it looks like really cool um, but with with uh, Noah we couldn't like the only heating would be putting on the the stove like the wood stove in the kitchen and that's that's meant to like heat everything else up in the house like the living the, the uh doesn't you just live in the kitchen basically in the winter time but the pipe goes up through the bedroom that would warm the bedroom up we didn't have a fire guard so we couldn't put the couldn't put the fire on so it was fucking miserable um probably probably a good like insight into how it's gonna be this winter so yeah so you got get those need to get all those jumpers get those jumpers on get those thermals thermal bottoms highly recommended uh, it's funny, like in 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 like Alaska and places like that, you're really in, really into, you know, like uh, dungarees, you know, like sort of uh, is it Carhartt or what it's called? What's that brand? You know, into like these heavyweight like dungarees, and you can see really, like you know, like solar pets. They're really they're really good bit of clothing for the winter if you're not putting, if you haven't, you know, if you live somewhere cold, if you have to like sit around in your cold house. So yeah, like one one piece. One piece kind of base layer are good as well because you haven't got all the seams in the middle like a Farmer John, not a Farmer John, what's it called? Union suit it's called, isn't it, in America? Like a the kind of thing you used to get sewn into at the beginning of the winter in the olden days. That, that's a that's a good uh, good bit of kit if you if you happen to live somewhere cold. So yeah, but our, our house we're here, it's not that, it's not that warm. Like it was actually built by Vanessa's dad over about 20 years. It was like some land that basically no one, no one wanted, so it cost like, didn't cost very much, like 30 years ago. And we slowly built this house on it, but no, one's ever, no one ever lived in it. And it's just uh, um, very cold, it was very cold. Like he really is really obsessed with ventilation for some reason, I guess maybe it's to do with damp. But it was like fucking freezing in there. It was like it was one of those houses where it's kind of colder inside than it is outside. Um, so yeah, so it's good. Anyway, good, good training, good training. And we have like oil. You have like an oil. Uh, your heating is from oil. So a lot of, most people in the UK are living in cities. So they don't know oil, how it works. But, you know, you have in the countryside you have like a big green plastic thing in your garden. And they come along and they fill it up with oil and the house was actually heated when we first moved in it just had a range like an arga thing that ran off oil so you would just run that and that was the idea was that that also heated your water and it heated the house and whatever but i think when we first the first winter right when when noah was born we had the heating on a lot and in the first basically in one month all the oil went and it was like 500 euros of oil just went in one month and we're like holy shit like this is, <laughs> what are we gonna do like oh my god so then we got then we filled up the oil and then we were like really really careful and again in about a month and a bit all the oil had gone maybe there's a leak i don't know and uh so it, so it was like fucking hell like so anyway so we had to like it was kind of it's probably a system the range probably works quite well in the past when you didn't have, you know, when you had, if you had a really small house and 
uh, and you were cooking, you probably just put the range on. You probably just get heat off it when you were cooking your tea or cooking your breakfast. You wouldn't have it on in between. And uh, so, yeah, if you had to get like a, a different sort of boiler kind of, I don't want to trouble you with all my, all my troubles. But you know, so it's but yeah, but it's, it's kind of it's, it's, so. I guess we had a bit of a an insight into and <laughs> fuel poverty early on. So, but since then we've we've tried to get the house more. But we had like a real mouse mouse problem. Like when I was on tour, the house got overrun with mice, and someone said, if you can see one mice, there's like a hundred mice, which is probably good good advice. You know, because I think the first time we ever saw a mouse in that house, we uh, we managed to catch it. And we drove, you know, 10 miles away and released it. So it was a humane, you know, humane, probably eaten by a rat or something or a, or a cat. And, uh, but probably there was, you know, there's probably like a thousand mice in the house. And you're like, oh my God, it's come back. How did it get, how did it get back here? Amazing. So, so yeah, so, so but basically why we had so many mice was when the house was, the house was never really finished, but there were just like loads of, uh, like holes in the house where the mice could all like come in in the winter time so so yeah so we've, we've uh, filled that in we've got a bit of a weird thing where vanessa bought one of that expanding foam spray and there was like a hole and she just like didn't really realize how how how, how much that foam expands she basically sprayed almost the entire thing <laughs> down this hole and now you've got this like huge big like cancerous growth growing outside of our house because it just kind of expanded out so uh, anyway so i should get i should get on to oh yeah but i was going to say actually when i was in when i was in the lake district uh there was i was in the climbers shop um like in the past i used to be you know used to be kind of well-known like a bit like a d celebrity climber so i'd often you know go into the climbing shop or there'd be you know you'd be you know, people spotted in the lakes, like, oh, are you, are you Andy Kirkpatrick? And uh, these days I always say, like, oh, I used to be, um, which is kind of a play on, Vanessa once met um, Hans Florine, who's climbed El Cap a hundred times, on a ledge on El Cap. And she'd be, she's like kind of person, she's easily starstruck. That's how, that's how I managed to marry her. So she's like, oh, are you Hans Florine? And he goes, I tried to be which I thought was uh, quite a good, she thought it sounds a bit of a, sounds a, bit of a knobhead, but I thought it was, that was quite good. So, so was it, there's that, actually Tom Baker, a really good book to read, highly recommended, is Tom Baker's autobiography. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's very good. Tom Baker was the guy who played Doctor Who, um, and he's also in, in lots, of other, lots of other things. But he, uh, he began life as, uh, he, he grew up in, Liverpool, um, like kind of working class kind of family, and then he he uh, he actually went to the went to be a, a monk. So he he went to some monastery where he had a vow of silence, and you were you weren't even allowed to look up. So he said he spent the whole time identifying people by their feet, by their sandals, and then after a few after like a few years, he realised he just couldn't hack it. So yeah, he, uh, he ended up leaving, became an actor instead. It's a great, anyway, a great book. Um, so that, you know that joke where there's like a, a, a guy, a monk, takes a vow of silence, and he can only speak, he can only say like two words every Christmas. So 
and the first Christmas comes round, he goes to the abbot, and the abbot says, what would you like to say, my son? And he says, bed hard. So he goes away. Another year goes past, Christmas comes around, he goes to the abbot, and he goes, food bad. And he goes, goes away. The, another Christmas comes along, he goes in, he says, um, room cold. And after, uh, after four years, he goes, he goes there and the abbot says, what would you like to say, my son? He goes like, I leave. And he says, well, to be honest, I'm glad you are because you've never done anything. You never stop complaining. So, um, yeah, but Tom Baker had this thing where he was somewhere and some person was like, old woman was like, oh, did you used to be Tom Baker? And I, I still am, madam, however it is. I do a Tom Baker voice. So anyway, I was in, I was in the climber shop. And someone was, uh, one of the guys on the counter was like, uh, oh, are you Andy, are you Andy Kirkpatrick? I was like, I, I you know, I used to be. And uh, he was like, oh, my mum's, my mum's your biggest fan. And uh, I thought he was taking the piss here. And um, he, uh, he, uh, he got me to write, like, to do a little note, do a little autograph. Like, she said, oh, you're, she thinks you're the, your podcast is the best podcast in the world or something. Just like uh, get a better taste in podcasts. Uh, so anyway, so so anyway, so this is dedicated to that guy's mum. Um, I can't remember what your name is, but you know, you know you are. You know, special special person. Um, yeah. So, so where am I now? I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll back tell you where I'm. So I'm now actually down walking along the village. There's like an old harbour thing here. I think this, the harbour was built. A lot of these harbours were built by the the English, the British as a way of trying to in, increase trade or, you know, try and help the, the local inhabitants get out of, you know, you know, get out of poverty and things. Very, they're very good, the old, the old Brits, you know, apart from all the, all the you know, none of, I think, yeah, I think one of these days we're gonna, we're gonna uh, look back and say, they weren't that bad. <laughs> Their hearts are in the right places. So, um, yeah, but I think when the, when the Romans came to Ireland, they called it Hibernia, which means like asleep, basically, because they felt like everyone was asleep. So I guess they, they're probably just like, just getting in from the rain, I expect. So I'm walking along some big wall here towards the har- The harbour's very small. It's not, um, it's not like a, it's not a deep harbour, so it's, it dries out. So there's loads of like smelly old boats in there most of the time little pub here we can get um very expensive actually you get like food uh, i'm actually heading into I'm actually walking into further along the cursed um so yeah so that was so, but yeah i should, I should get i'm sure there's anything else going on what's um i'm trying to finish this book this uh on the line book book about so um, like top rope soloing, and uh, like I really, I really need to. You know, that thing in life is more important. The most important thing in life is not what you do; it's what you don't do. Like one thing, I, I really need to use that. Think about that with my own writing stuff, because I basically start a book, and I get in, I get so far into it that I can't really stop because I've invested too much time. But I just realised that I'm just not really. You know, I don't really pre- I don't really understand how much work is involved in writing something, especially a book where you have to like draw the illustrations and everything else. So, 
it was going to be like a, sm a smallish, but it was actually going to be part of rewriting me, myself and I and trying to inter integrate a load of stuff about top rope soloing. But I suddenly, re I, I soon realised that the amount of the amount of work involved in just that, in just writing the top rope bit, it needed to be in a separate book. And also, a lot of the a lot of the stuff would just be confusing to have them in the same book because you're covering all the stuff about like the different kind of devices that you could use. Um, like not not well, you, I cover specific devices but you're also talking about general how different devices work like eccentric devices and lever devices and all that kind of stuff which would just confuse it if it came if it came into you know like lead lead soloing so uh so yeah so i've actually i've actually reduced the price because because I, I was the, the price of me myself and i it was always quite expensive because it was like a book which you know, I didn't think that many people would ever buy it. So if I was going to put the effort in, it had to be worth the time. So I think it's like 10 quid now on the Gumroad because uh, I'm kind of aware that eventually I'm going to have to write a new, do another version because everything in it is basically about, it's all about um, silent partners, which you can't buy anymore. So it's, it's kind of a lot of it doesn't really, you know, it needs kind of updating. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so I'm trying to, trying to get this book finished but I only kind of work I only kind of work three days a week so well work I, I have three days a week when I'm not on child child duty and things oh yeah that's it that was some news I'm having another baby we are having another bit well Vanessa's having a baby don't know whose it is don't know where it came from but I will I like like Noah I shall treat him her to her like my own so, so that's good now. I've got I'll have like two sets of kids, so I'll have, I'll have uh, one of each, you know, like um, boy, girl, and hairdresser. No, that's not really three kids. That was that was that was actually quite a funny, on PC joke back in the day. But now, you could have one of each, couldn't you? We'd probably have to, probably have to have like fifteen kids to have one of each these days. So yeah, um, oh yeah, so that's that's cool. So that baby's coming along uh, soon. Uh, month month eight weeks or something so uh, that could be an excuse um <laughs> for not doing any podcasts but that's not true it's just i just i just haven't so so yeah so that'll be that'll be interesting like when you have a when you have a you know when you have two when you have one child it's, it's a bit of a struggle to try and retain your 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 normal life but you know, when you have two, people always start telling you like, oh God, you think one's bad. Oh, wait till you got two and oh, oh God. It's a bit like, you know, if someone said like, oh God, you've been kicked in the balls. Oh God, it's so painful. Oh, you don't like get picked. It's like, yeah, I, I can't, I kind of get the, I get the impression of being kicked in the balls is not very nice, but you don't have to keep telling me about it. So it's a bit like that, but I'm sure it'll be, it'll be what it'll be. It'll be, it'll be good good things there'll be tough things but it's that's life it's the you gotta have the gotta get those kids in there was something like there were like america it's gonna lose like 20 percent of its population for each each decade or each generation because the the lack of kids same in it's even worse in europe even worse in china i think only africa um is like the only real country i think nigeria's got like 
the 300 million people or something. I think, you know, they always said that, like, this would be, this century would be like a Chinese century. I think they're probably, I think they're not, I think they're probably wrong. I think it's, I think it could well be like an African, an African century, maybe. Or definitely the next one. Well, everyone's going to be black, basically. So everyone's going to, you know, the, the European, the Anglo-Saxons are going to be thin on the ground. They're going to be like a minority. Um, so that'll be, that'll be, uh, so all those people going, who love minorities and keep going on about them all the time, they'll be a minority soon. Um, and uh, all the people they think are minorities, they're going to be the majority. So they'll be interesting to see how, how that turns out. So, so yeah, but I, sh I should, this is supposed to be about, not about me. Um, so I should, I should, uh, I, have, I haven't got my computer here because I'm walking along. So I did, I have got things I'm supposed to talk about. Uh, people have sent me various questions about exciting topics like prostic loops and uh, stuff like that. Lanyard, yeah, lanyards, remember the lanyards? I will, I, I will get to it one day. Um, uh, but I had a question from, I won't use his real name, I think his, his name, his real name's Hank, but I'll, I'll, I'll think of something, I'll think of another name, and I'll edit this out later on if I can be asked. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Hank, Hank, he's a, he's American. He's like, he was in the, he was a, he's a, he's an army vet. I don't know if that means he's a vet, as in he was in, he was in the army, or he's a vet in the army. Like, what do you do if you're a vet in the army? It's really confusing. You must have a different kind of. Are you like a non-vet vet, or you're a vet vet? I don't know. So, anybody, he was asking me, uh, probably a, quite a common question from keen people. It was about expeditions. How do you fund expeditions? And, and hopefully I've not actually, I've probably covered this topic before, but I'll cover it one more time. And he was saying like, how, where do you get like 10,000, you know, 10,000 pounds from $10,000 to pay to go on expedition. And uh, his, main, his main focus though seemed to be Yosemite, uh, Yosemite, Patagonia, those kind of places. So, as I've said many times, like, like if you're if you're paying for it yourself, it's not an expedition; it's a holiday. Like the word expedition is just like histrionics, basically. It's um, you're just trying to make it into something it isn't. You're just going on holiday, and once you realise you're just going on holiday, it makes it a lot easier to get right get your head around how you're going to do it like an expedition is something where you've got like loads of like poor people carrying your shit and all that kind of stuff and you know and you you're you're dancing with them on your on your instagram and say oh they're so amazing and the sun so they're so happy and so smiley you know on their on their, on their two dollars a day i'm always kind of i'm always kind of wary of of poor people who smile all the time you know like people you know, see people in Nepal or whatever. Because because the loads are smiling. Like, like when you bare your teeth, that's kind of, it's got a double kind of meaning. And I think the more you smile, the more likely you are to just like, just random violence or suddenly lose your shit and start killing people or beating you up or whatever. And like, if you, if you ever go to like Sweden, you know, like no one smiles. You know, they're the most like civilized people in the world. And uh, I'll just put it in some, you know, far right, 
far right party, so maybe they're not civilized at all. So anyway, but you know, you know, if in Sweden, if you're walking along and you pass someone on a trail, and you go hi there, they go, do I know you? You know, they're they're very uh, unsmiley people. Same with like Finnish people, like they're just to totally sort of po like poker faced. And uh, he was like, I'm sure I've told the joke before. There's that joke about the, oh no, you're walking through uh, Helsinki and you say to a Finnish person, excuse me, do you know where the, do you know where the bus station is? And they say, uh, yes. So the other, the other version, the, the other version is you go for a drink with a Finn and you go, cheers. And they say, are we drinking? Are we talking? So, so yes, yeah, so smiley people, I think you just, just got to be a little bit wary. It's def definitely wary of, of elevating people in poverty as being like noble or whatever. I'm sure they would rather not be carrying all your shit with the Boltoro Glacier, you know, in the, in the trainers and they'd rather just be like farming or something. But that's the way, that's the way, you know, they, they looked out, they got born in, you know, <laughs> in the wrong place. That's life. So, um, anyway, so the, so the so yeah, so that's that's the num that's the first thing is uh, understand what's an expedition and what's a holiday. Now, an expedition is a holiday you don't pay for. So, if say National Geographic, say you're a scientist, you're a glaciologist or something, and National Geographic get in touch with you and say we're doing this climbing trip to Greenland with Hazel Finley and Alex Honnold and they're just going to go there and uh, climb some shit I'm going to make a program out of it and we're going to sell it to all the networks I'm going to make loads of money out of it we're going to ship loads of shit out there have helicopters and planes and all that kind of stuff you know um, we'll get them to walk around you know with sledges but we'll just that's just for the camera we'll just fucking fly all that shit in with a big helicopter and um yeah but we but we need to take a scientist with us because we need you know we need to offset our carbon bullshit by having a scientist so we'd like you to come on our climbing holiday uh, you don't have to do anything we're just gonna lower you down a crevasse uh maybe get a picture of you with a test tube you could tie a sock onto a onto a piece of string and like swing it around your head or something. We don't care about the fucking science, but we just need you to be there just for, you know, due diligence. So, and uh, so that, that's an expedition for that person. That's, that's, you know, that's not a holiday. If you're not, if you're getting, if you're being paid for it as well, I'm saying this to she, because I don't like the idea that all scientists are men, is that, you know, if the scientist is getting paid for it, then it's just a job. It's not an expedition, it's just, it's just a job. You know, like you don't get like Sherpas going home off on expedition. No, they're just off off carrying your shit around. It's like that's their job. So, um, so yeah, so no, there's a job, expedition and a holiday. So if you're asking the question, then what you're doing is you're going on holiday. Now, like you can either go on an expensive holiday or a cheap holiday and you can either go on an expensive climbing trip or you can go on a cheap climbing trip. Now the first thing you need to cut out is all the, you know, all the money spent on poor people carrying all the shit around. So you don't want to be going anywhere. Like maybe you could pay for a horse to carry something because they're cheaper. Um, but you know, you want to go somewhere where you, where you, you, you know, unless you're like, 
unless you've got loads of money or you're on your climbing holiday stroke work, stroke expedition, where you can go there for months and months and months. You know, you, you want to you want to get there as soon as possible. Because the, the more time you spend not, not being there, the more time you're spending probably traveling or, you know, staying in hotels and stuff. So the ideal places is where you get there as soon as possible. And you want to be able to get there on just commercial flights. You don't want to be, you know, like getting a, you know, a ice, you know, an ice, uh, icebreaker, Rus you know, Russian nuclear powered icebreaker to get you to your, ho get you to your holidays. Uh, looks like this kind of uh, bear tracks on this beach. I'm sure they're, sure they're not. Um, so, so yeah, so you want you want to. You know, you want to you, you basically you want to be on a two trip two bag trip where all you have is two bags because that's what you can get on a plane you know you want you know rucksack you're going to you know big rucksack expedition rucksack and then you want your hold all with all your other shit that you can have you know and then you want your your day rucksack that you're going to have as hand luggage and uh, that, that's what you want basically so you can just stick that on a plane Stick in the boot of a taxi, stick it on top of a bus, tie it to the side of a donkey. You know that that kind of that kind of approach is is the way to do it. So you know you just got to be um, you know you, you like you're not going on like a siege expedition where you can be fixing loads of ropes and all that kind of stuff. That that's where you get more into like a big wall kind of thing, where like a big wall trip you're probably going to need. You know a little bit more a little bit more stuff so um so but the one thing to remember is that although you're funding this trip yourself like when you're there you're not necessarily you know the money you're spending getting there once you're there you're there hopefully you're not spending any more money and you could well find that the amount of money you you know you might save money because you're not spending any money when you're on the mountain so if you go to Patagonia you know you're gonna have to pay to get you know to get to the um, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay to get to the uh, the mountains you're gonna have to get a plane to Buenos Aires and you got to get like internal flight to uh, El Chalten or one of those places um, or Calafate or any one of those places then you're gonna have to maybe pay someone maybe you have to stay in a hostel maybe um, you know, you can't. People don't. I don't mean people camp so much there anymore. Anyway, you got you got some costs, but they're not they're not too bad. Depends on what the exchange rate is. Like it used to be, really expensive place to go, but I'm guessing it isn't anymore because of the exchange rate. But when you're in the mountains, you know, you're not spending any money. So the same as if you decide to, you know, go and climb in Greenland. Like it's going to be, you're going to have to have a. Like the flights from some places aren't too bad. To get to Greenland, but then you you have to pay someone to get you in somewhere, um, drop all your stuff off. You're gonna have to ship your food probably if you got special food. Um, you know all that starts adding up. You have to pay someone probably to sort out all the all the shit. Like there's the more com the more complex your trip, the more you have to like pay people to fix all the shit that happens along the way. You know once you once you're on a trip where you've got like liaison officers and um, you know all those kind of cook and all that kind of stuff uh, you know it's like you are like getting into the the 10 grand kind of category but if you were going 
to like Alaska. Like if you if you if you kind of if you want to get into that kind of thing, like I still think like going to getting dropped off, you know, in the Talkeetna Glacier, and you know if you got as much time as possible, if you had like three months, you know, get dropped off there, you know, at the end of March, which would be like chilly, but you know just spend like two or three months there if you had the time and uh, just 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 climb shitloads of stuff and you know because then you the longer you are the longer you're there the more you climb the more you're dividing up the the cost of getting there you know if you, if you spend you know you know 10 grand and you don't climb anything you know that's you didn't, you didn't get anything for your money really you got the experience of failing but you could do that a lot cheaper um, but you know if you go to Alaska and you climb five peaks and you know explore around you know for future trips you know that's like a really good investment of your money but I guess I guess like another question is is how like do you want to go climbing or do you want to go sitting around trying to climb climb so like mountaineering is you know it's not a good investment in terms of time or money but if you want to go climbing then especially this I think Frank lived in in uh, Canada you know I would just go find you know just go rock climbing somewhere like go to the, like the Sierras I think is like the premier place to go climbing in the world I reckon you know you've got Yosemite, Tuolumne, Yosemite Valley, Tuolumne you, know, you could go there you could you could climb, you know, all kind of routes, big walls, like alpine routes. Um, you're not going to do any ice climbing or all that kind of stuff. But you just get, you know, shitloads of climbing done. The same in the, with ice climbing, just go to Canada, just ice climbing Canada. Just go somewhere for, you know, extended period, just get shitloads of climbing in. And just do, just, just kind of, just get loads of climbing done, rather than going to going somewhere and just being frustrated by the weather because to be honest the mountaineering just doesn't make it's just not conducive to being happy it's just frustrating and you know it just it's just uh just frustrating and you, i think as you get older like i'm 51 you realize how much of your life was wasted just sitting around trying to climb something that really doesn't really warrant that amount, that amount of effort you know like someone spending like 10 years of their life trying to climb a fucking boulder like a two move boulder problem is almost a better use of their time i guess you know <laughs> so, um so i think yes yeah, so i think you need to really decide what you want to what you want what you want to do you know what you know what you really what your aim is in life like if you want to go and climb you know everest or whatever then it's a different set of different set of skills if you just want to get really good at rock climbing if you want to get really fast at rock climbing you know really efficient if you want to be good at a good all-rounder but you just need to kind of do, go to places where you can you know you, you can get good at all these things um but maybe not in the one place um like people often people often spend because they can't go where they spend too much money on the stuff that they think they might need when they're there which um just means it just means you're spending the money that you could have used to go where 
you know you've got all the kit but you can't afford to go away anymore so you know you can you can generally beg or borrow um pick up stuff second hand make do with the stuff you've got like frank was in the army he's probably got all sorts of stuff that's you know you can use for there and and try not to get too bogged down in in having like the state-of-the-art gear like some things are they're handy to have but you know with a, with a kind of small amount of gear you can go to a lot of you could go to a lot of places do a lot of things you could probably go to you, know, you could probably kit yourself out in a you know in a second-hand shop to climb Denali or something you, know, you don't you don't need well not about boots but you know your clothing and stuff you know you can make stuff you know it's all, it's all part of it can become part of the fun of it of trying to do it you know as efficiently as possible um, and not get you know not not get too not lose the the fuel you know because like if you're if you're wearing you know think about money like money is fuel you know like you feel fuel it can fuel you not working so if you build up enough money that's like fuel that you can you know you can slowly burn that up by when you're not working or you can burn it up by buying things because you are working to, to make you feel better about you know like a job you don't enjoy or whatever um so uh and i guess the, the maybe maybe the most important thing is having like a partner or partners uh who you want to go away with who share the similar kind of idea of what you want to do and that's kind of tough but if you you know say if you went to yosemite or you went to you know squamish or you went to one of these you know places um chamonix valley uh if you're like keen and motivated you would soon identify or you'd be identified by other people of being someone who is like an ally to getting shit done basically and then you'd uh you know then you then you start meeting people who are like oh do you want to go and do this and do you want to do you want to go do you want to go on an expedition you know but if you're a glaciologist they'll believe that they'd be oh great i can do the science like what kind of science doesn't matter i just do the science you can go out there and get paid to you know swing a soccer around your head and all that kind of stuff so um so yeah so i think maybe if you ha- if you have in your mind that an expedition is this thing that's a big deal then that could like be really limiting because uh, really really it's not you know you could just you know you could just book a flight tomorrow you know you could book a flight to alaska um tomorrow and pack your bags today you know get go out there and spend a day in anchorage buy all your food um ring up the you know get someone get them to fly you in you know you dropped in on some glacier away you go you know you're you're on your expedition and you know it's not going to be as cheap as just getting a flight to california and getting on the bus to yosemite getting off and like living dirt bag you know like not not paying any camping and living in the woods and that kind of stuff that's like super super cheap or like a rapalee's got you know someone got rock climbing i think a rapalee's it's like the place to go like just go there for like three months just living in the campsite um you know so it's there's loads of ways to do it but i think you just have to identify what you what you really want to do and don't get too distracted by classical ideas of what's you know 
of, of what of being this thing or that other thing you know if you want to be the next like Alex Lowe or you want to be Comrade Anchor or Alex Honnold or what that kind of that kind of stuff like you'd probably be like that already <laughs> you, won't be, you won't be asking the question so you, you, you you're wanting to do stuff that's that's in a similar vein um, and if and, and maybe also try and factor in is this going to be is it going to be fun like is it going to be a, a great trip as in even if we don't get to the top like if you went if you say you went to go and climb Kilimanjaro like if you're a Canadian like going to Africa and stuff would be super cool you might say I want to go and climb Kilimanjaro Mount Kenya and uh, you know some other stuff and uh, you know you'd have such an amazing time and you know none of the none of the things you climb would be like the stuff you get in like you know a climbing magazine would have it on the front front cover but unless you're doing science and uh you know so it's uh you know but you could have like an amazing time and a, and, and a good laugh and good fun and all that kind of stuff and see some some cool stuff and you know it'd be, re- it'd be really you can either have these like trophy cabinets in your in your trophy cabinet of life that look really impressive but really they're like plastic or you can have these like <laughs> like a, a half melted battered cracked plastic cup you know that, that actually means something to you so you know it doesn't mean anything to anybody else but you know it means it means something to you so so yeah i think you should just try and just try and work work out what you want to do and maybe 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 it could be something that doesn't involve climbing at all you know maybe you could look at other kind of you know adventures you know kayaking trying to get on a yacht you know see if you can get a you know job on a yacht you know crewing on a yacht going across the atlantic or um you know there's all there's all sorts of stuff stuff in your own your, your own back garden like there's a trip here i want to do where literally just take my kayak down to the end of the garden put it into the into the bay kayak up the coast and you like it's probably quite a long way like 30 40 kilometers along the coast line and then you go up the fjord up a fjord um and then you can cross over like a mountain pass you have to put your kayak on some some wheels you can put it over this go over this mountain pass and then you get into like a river and that river goes into the loch Corrib, which is the biggest i think it's the biggest loch in ireland one of the biggest locks in europe and then from the loch Corrib, you can go all the way down the river down to galway and then from galway you paddle back along the coast straight back to my house back, back, so you're like a big it's like full Irish I call it and um, you know so that's something where it doesn't really apart from the time of not you know it, it, you know it's uh, it'd be kind of a cool cool thing to do that that's kind of cheap to do and uh, would be maybe just as just as much fun or just as interesting as uh, going to you know Namibia or some some exotic uh, location so yeah so that's uh that would be my advice so i'm getting to the bit now where i have to go back on the road because there's a big there's like an inlet here so i can't get over i can't get over the inlet oh, i could but i have to swim across um so yes uh yes i've got like a few people i'm going to do podcasts with one is brian hall who is a kind of famous 
It's kind of like the Keith Richards of 70s and 80s sort of mountaineering in that he was uh, climbing with lots of famous people like you know, like Doug Scott and all those kind of people. Um, Al Rouse and everybody. So, But then he, then he became a mountain guide and then he actually started working as like a safety person, loads of famous like films like Everest and all those kind of things. So he, he's written a book, so he's like a friend of mine. So I'm going to do a podcast with him. And I also want to do a podcast with Dave McLeod about uh, diet. Because Dave is, um, Dave's got really into uh, sort of carnivore diet, which, which I know it sounds, it's like, oh God, here we go. You know, it's kind of, it's, you know, it's the thing. But like Dave, I think it's interesting to talk to Dave about it because Dave is, I think, I think I, I always joke that Dave makes climbing boring because he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's so good. Like I've known Dave since he was about, I think, I think he was like 19, I think when I first met him, he was at university. So I've known him kind of all, all our lives really. So, but you know, he's so like low key, you know, he's a very, very sort of stable kind of person. He does, he's, he's not flamboyant at all. He's Scottish, but that's why. But um, but yeah. So he, he sort of did a comment about being, you know, carnivore diet, and I thought it was quite a quite a bold thing to do these days because climbing, everyone's you know a vegan and all that kind of stuff. So to 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 put yourself out there that you think this is, you know, a lot of health benefits for him. I think it'd just be interesting to talk to Dave about um his views on this kind of thing because uh, he's done like a i think he's in like a master's so he's put his he's kind of put the work in he's done a master's in in uh, sports nutrition or something so so yeah so if you've got any got any questions any feedback no, I, don't, I don't really care about feedback yeah, any any more que- send me some more questions i've got like got like a, a load of questions that i need to do so I'll slowly, slowly get through them. And I apologise for any windy sound effects. I'll get some kind of gadget to go for the microphone. It's got it's got like a little gadget, but it's not doesn't seem to work that well. And uh, it's getting into the winter time, so maybe I'll have this new baby soon. So that might be, give me some opportunity for doing more outdoor outdoor BBC Radio Four walking with Andy. Well, <laughs> If, you, if you've never, if you've never, um, if you've never, t- if uh, one of my number one recommendations, if you've not heard it, is get the Alan Partridge audio audio book version of um, his book where he's walking, where he's basically walking, like walking with walking with my father, or it is, it is, it's like really is hilarious, especially if you're into outdoory outdoory stuff highly recommended when you go on your, when you go on your expedition stroke holiday frank that's that's uh like, yeah stuff like that's very important on a trip actually a long trip is some good good podcasts good audio books that kind of material can really make or break like uh you know your uh, these kind of things so until next time uh see you later